0: Welcome to the How to Market Your Horse Business podcast. I'm so glad you're joining me here today. As you've likely guessed by now, my name is Denise Alvarez. And before we jump into our guest today, which I cannot wait to introduce you to, I will quickly tell you about myself and then we will dive right in. All right. Just in case we're new friends. I always like to do a very brief introduction at the intro. So as I said, my name is Denise Alvarez and through my business, Storm Lily Marketing, I get to help dream-chasing horse business owners like yourself to see clearly through the marketing overwhelm and to create a cohesive plan for your social media, website, and email marketing. I do those things so that we can turn your online audience into your customers, and I do that through Take the Reins, my one-to-one coaching program, website design and website copywriting, and Social Stride, my monthly coaching program. And I do all of these things together along with this podcast because I love horse business owners and I really do want to help you be out in the barn and the arena doing what it is that you love to do. And so that's why here on the podcast, especially you can expect step-by-step strategies and basic how-tos and important mindset shifts that are going to help you not only see what's possible for your horse business, but to guide you through that process so that you can make it happen. And so, as I said, today on the podcast, we have a guest and her name is Charlotte Phillips. And I cannot wait for you to hear this conversation that is going to help you design a business that makes an impact, whether you're just starting out or you've been in it for a while and you know that this is something you would like to do, you're going to love this conversation. Now, one of the reasons I'm so passionate about this topic is that Storm Lily Marketing is very similar to the business that Charlotte has created and that there's a heart behind the business, right? So if you've been around here long on the podcast or we've been friends on social, you may know that my heart is to start Storm Lily Ranch. It will be a place for at-risk youth and survivors of human trafficking to meet Jesus and find hope and healing through horses. And I think that's honestly why I was naturally drawn to Charlotte and the heart of Everyday Equestrian when I connected with her on Instagram. You will hear more about the company, but I will tell you that Charlotte did share that someday, just like myself, she would like to have a nonprofit. She would love to have a rescue organization, and she already has rescue horses and dogs and supports rescues. And she wanted to take steps to do even more, even though she wasn't at the place where she's ready to start an organization herself. And so I definitely connected with that. And I believe that you will as well, because what she did is create a business that intentionally is giving back to rescues really across the United States. So when I saw her sharing her story and the heart behind her business, I asked her to come on the podcast and share it with you as well. Because here's what I know you may not be thinking that you're going to start a nonprofit in the future. However, whatever your business model is, if giving back is important to you as a business, there are really a number of ways that you can do that, that you can really make an impact, and that that can be the heart of your business. So you will hear Charlotte and I talk about some of those and how she landed on the unique business model at Everyday Equestrian that allows her to partner with equine rescues, as I mentioned, across the United States. Now, as you'll hear when she shares her story, Charlotte wanted to do more than a percentage of sales. She wanted it to really be a central part of her business, something that really moves people to action. So I'm excited for you to hear about what she's created how she landed on these ideas, and especially how you can take action in your own business. Now, stay with me until the end, because as Charlotte was sharing, I, of course, was taking notes, and I have discovered some myths that Charlotte busted along the way that really may be keeping you from taking the steps in your business to make an impact, all right? So on the other side of the interview, I'm going to share with you these myths and the facts that I think are really going to help you to take action. So here you go. Here's my interview with Charlotte Phillips. Okay, Charlotte, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I am truly so glad that you're here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to do this. I am too. I know that I reached out and you were maybe not looking to be a podcast guest, but you're like, okay, let's do this. So I appreciate your let's do this attitude. I think it's going to be awesome.
1: Thank you. I'm, I'm, willing to do kind of, um, anything
0: at this point uh, to help, (laughs) you know, get the word out there and just, just try new things. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, so before we jump into it, so I did not go into detail as I introduced you today because I love for my guests to be able to share in their own words. So would you share a bit about your personal background and maybe your horse background and how you became the owner of an equestrian apparel company?
1: Sure. So growing up, I was always surrounded by animals. We had chickens, bunnies, dogs, cats, everything. And I've always just felt... um Like connected with them. And I've always just loved being around them. And um, my mom also was an animal lover. And so uh, she kind of helped that addiction. And she also was like, if you have one, you have to have a second. You can't just have (laughs) one animal. (laughs) So we never had one of anything. Um, So that was always fun. And then that kind of animal addiction quickly went to horses. um, And then I, I was fortunate to have a horse, um, middle school and high school. And then unfortunately, when I went to college, I did have to give him back to the, to my trainer and then, um, just adulting life and everything happens. I was actually a zookeeper for about 10 years, um, kind of following that animal passion, working with like hoofstock and things like that. And then about 10 years ago, I got back into horses and, really from that first ride back, I just was like a little kid again, like just that deep love for horses, that deep connection. And since then I've just been riding and, um, I was able to get my horse and you can't just have one. So (laughs) (laughs) I adopted my little companion pony and, um, kind of being back into riding as an adult, I felt like there was a little bit of a void in the equestrian community for kind of just everyday equestrians, people who maybe are adult amateurs, love riding, have full-time jobs, but they don't compete. And so that was kind of one of the missions that I had with this, along with wanting to support rescues. Um, I've just, I would start a rescue myself if I could, because I just, I love my dogs or rescues. I just love um, helping and supporting. And that's definitely another trait that I got from my mom, she would donate and support anybody, (laughs) like anybody called and wanted donation. Um, so kind of having that animal love background, being back in with, with horses and things like that, it just felt natural to me to combine, um,
0: the clothing that I wanted to start along with supporting rescues. I love that. So how did you land on of all the things that you could do? How did you land on an apparel company? Um, I just felt like there was,
1: again, just like a little bit of like a lack for just like I I kind of would refer to it as like a casual equestrian where you want to have clothes where you can clean your stalls in, you can ride in, you can just like such versatile clothes that were also affordable. So I felt like searching Instagram, I was like, where, where, you know, where, because so many people do their shopping on Instagram nowadays.
0: Uh I was like, where
1: can I like find that kind of clothing? And I just felt like it was kind of hard to find it. And so that kind of sparked it. And I really wanted to start it years before I did but I was just so scared. I was like, Oh no, I can't do it. I'll not, you know, I'm not going to succeed and things like that. So um, yeah, that's kind of what sparked that.
0: I appreciate your authenticity and sharing that fear because I know for sure that many of my listeners have had that same fear because most of the audience is equestrian entrepreneurs. So Mm -hmm. business owners who started their own business and everybody at some point has had that, Oh, okay. I have this idea, but how do I make it reality? And can Mm -hmm. I make it reality? And so I appreciate your authenticity and sharing that. So now that you have, and I love that. How long has it been? Uh, Just over a year. Just over here. Okay. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I love Mm -hmm. that. And so one of the things that makes your business and your apparel company unique, as you mentioned, is your heart to work with Equine Rescues. Mm -hmm. So tell me more about that particular partnership. What does it look like for you and your company? What is your big vision for it? And how did it really come to be such an important part of your business?
1: Um, I feel like it's an important part. I feel like sometimes people think I have like a dramatic story about like an animal that I rescued, uh-huh. you know, like, yeah. you know, from like a kill pen or something. And I honestly do not. I just feel like really just growing up, it was instilled to me just like taking care of animals, just really supporting them, rescuing them. Like all of our animals growing up were rescues. And um, so that has just always been something in me that I've just feel like drawn to just helping and supporting like these are animals that we domesticated and you know we kind of are responsible for them you know so i just i just have always felt drawn to it and to helping um And so that was, yeah, that was just kind of my driving force with that. Um, Initially, when I started the rescue program, I was really just donating like a percentage of each um, sale to a local rescue. And I just didn't feel like that was making a a big impact. Like I really want to make a big impact. And so um, I was actually chatting with Tara from Farm and Fur about how can I make a bigger impact? And between the two of us, we kind of um, came up with the idea of doing partnering with a a new rescue every quarter. So every three months, I partner with a new rescue. And within that time, we come up with a limited edition top that is based off of an animal at their rescue or sanctuary. And it's featured on a top and all the proceeds from that top go directly back to the rescue or sanctuary. Um, So and then basically that whole quarter, I'm just sharing all about that facility, sharing success stories, sharing how you can help, helping educate how animals end up in these positions, how you can help maybe educate other people. Um,
0: so yeah, that's kind of what it looks like right now. Okay. I love that. I love you sharing that. So tell me this at the end of the quarter, what happens? The shirt stays on the shop or you start that is removed and you move on to the next one or what does that process look like?
1: So um, at the end of the quarter there's not any leftover shirts because it's really just going to be for that time. So I I actually press the shirts myself. Um I I got <laughs> I got some hands-on experience with pressing tops. Um so I do it myself when they when the orders are put in so that um there isn't any concern with leftover inventory or anything like that. Um and then once the quarter is over Uh, we move on to the next rescue.
0: All right, Charlotte, that makes perfect sense. I appreciate you sharing that about how you manage the inventory because um, that's definitely a question that I had since you are making products that are specific to uh, your partnerships. So tell me this, let's talk about how you go about selecting who you're going to partner with as a business, okay? So for those that are listening and saying, yes, I agree, I want to make an impact Um, But I'm a little bit overwhelmed, right? There's so many options. Um, And if I partner with somebody and I promote that I'm partnering, then I'm saying I trust them and I'm telling my audience that they can trust this organization. And that's definitely a risk. So when it comes to you and your particular process, how are you selecting the rescues that you will partner with? And are there any tips or advice that you could give to other business owners that are looking to do a similar partnership or just to partner with another organization? Yeah, for sure.
1: I actually had somebody reach out to me and ask me, this specific thing on Instagram, Um, they had seen that I partner with rescues and they were like, how do you pick? Um, And so one of the things, the first rescue that I worked with was actually local to me and we support them financially, but we also go to their events. They hold a lot of events throughout the year. So we go there and we see the facilities, we see the animals, we see how much they're loved on and doted and everything like that. So that's definitely one way is if um, seeing in your community like locally to you, is there a facility near you that, you know, like needs volunteers or something like that and does events. I know the rescue near me is doing events all the time um, and welcoming people into their facilities. And then kind of the other way is just really just word of mouth. Um, I've really tried to create a community on my social media of people like like like-minded people who also support rescues and sanctuaries. Um, And so just really seeing who these other people are following whose posts are, are they sharing? Um and then following those rescues or sanctuaries and seeing how transparent they are. Um, Are they showing the ins and outs of their facilities on a regular basis? Are they showing animals that come in and then showing the transformations of them um, frequently and just really how transparent are they? And then, um, so basically I just follow a lot of rescues and (laughs) um, kind of stalk them (laughs) um, and just really just try to follow them closely and just see how transparent they are. And then during, the um, I have like an agreement packet that I send to rescues in the very beginning. And within that, I ask them to go and take over my stories on social media once a month. And so within that, I ask them to... Be very transparent, show behind the scenes, um, show animals that are in quarantine, you know, with all the protocols and everything like that, um, show where volunteers may be going to set up feeding, you know, show the animals that they're supporting. Like, you know, I really ask them to be very transparent so that people. Feel like they're there with them. They feel like they're truly getting to know the people. They're getting to know the animals, and then they feel comfortable supporting them. Um, and each time they take over, I'll ask my followers, you know, did what did you what did you like about that, and then what do you want to see next time, you know? So it's not like it's pre-scripted or anything. Each time they take over, it's really geared towards whatever my followers want to see, um, so that there's just like a lot of transparency there. They do obviously also have to be a five hundred one. Um, um C3. Um, I do use an app on my Shopify account. And so um, they have to be in good standing um, and be the 501 C three.
0: So Okay, what do you mean you use an app on your Shopify account?
1: Okay. So uh, (laughs) I am not very good with computers, so I don't know if I will explain it correctly, but so my website is through Shopify Uh and, um, there is an app shopping Gives, where they have, um, rescues who are, or, or nonprofits who are in good standing on their app. And so I can select the rescue and, um, they will, deal with all the behind the scenes things with like taxes and that kind of thing. And they take the funds and deposit it directly into the account of the rescuer sanctuary. They do not take a fee whatsoever. If somebody is going to be charged for it, it would be me, um, not the rescue at all. They do not charge. They don't take anything from the donations. But Mm -hmm. um, so that is kind of how I do it so that I make sure that I'm not you know, violating anything with like taxes or anything like that. They, they take care of a lot of that for me.
0: Okay. That's so interesting. And I'm sure good for lots that are listening to know that there are options available to automate those processes, depending on the way it goes. I also love that you mentioned volunteers, which it just sparked an idea for those that are listening and saying, look, Denise, I'm starting out. I'm not sure. I don't have a product-based business. Right. And I'm not sure what it's going to look like. Um, you can definitely make volunteering a part of your business or a part of what you do. And you know, when you have team members, you build that up. Then maybe you have a one day a month where you all go volunteer at a particular place, right? So, creating a business of impact, absolutely, they need those financial donations, but don't minimize your time um, as well. Of that, so or as well as that. So, I just wanted to bring that to light. As you mentioned the idea of them showing volunteers, I thought for those that are listening. Um, that are wanting to create a business and build a business that has a larger impact, it can go beyond the financial aspects as well. So keep that Mm -hmm. in mind. Now, um, is there other things that you would advise business owners that are listening um, to consider as they are looking for organizations to partner with? I know you said transparency was a very big deal um that it should be a 501c3 that that's a, an ideal situation especially yes when it comes mm-hmm. to taxes um are there other things that they should know or consider about building an equine business with impact in mind um well like i kind of said in the beginning
1: like just do it like just start just do it like i was so scared for literally years and i waited until after covid after having a baby and probably one of the craziest times of my life. And I started it, but it was, I'm just so glad that I did. And then probably the other thing is just be mindful of, the rescues, like they are very busy. They have so much on their plate. A lot of them work full time jobs um, and they're supporting in these, these animals. And so you might have to um, you might have certain expectations and you might just have to readjust those expectations because you want to help the rescues. You, you don't want to add any stress or anything like that. Um, so yeah, just, you know, whatever you can do to just help out.
0: I love that. Yeah. Well, when you go into it from a place of service, right, instead of um, a place of, you know, yes, is it good for marketing? Absolutely. But you didn't create this initiative in your business because you thought it would just be good marketing. And that adjusts those expectations in that way. Because when you walk into it, when you have those conversations, you're saying, look, I'm here to help you. I'm here to serve you, right? So what can we do to help shine a light on the work that you're doing? Um, and if it's like we I always talk about here on the podcast period, you make it about your people, you make it about your audience and not about yourself. Um, and in that way, I think that that will serve that goal of what you just talked about. So that's really great. And yes, just take action. I love that too. I so appreciate that. Charlotte, I love what you're doing. I really appreciate your willingness to jump on and have this conversation because um, I think that what you're doing is is unique in the space, and I, Wanted to shine a light on that and to also just remind other equestrian entrepreneurs that you can get creative with ways that you can give back and have an impact, whether it's in your community or in the equine industry as a whole. Um, But it's so, so important. And as business owners, we have such an opportunity to do that. So thank you. I would love for you to tell everybody where they can find you online so they can go shop your apparel. And so let everyone know where your, what your website is, where they can find you on Instagram. If you're on Facebook, all the goods.
1: Sure. I'm on um, Instagram at Everyday Equestrian Apparel. Uh, my Facebook is the same, Everyday Equestrian Apparel. And then my website is everydayequestrianapparel.com. And on my website, I do also have a page dedicated to the rescues. Um, so each quarter it's updated, giving information about the rescue and partnering with at that time, which does also feature the top. But um, yeah, I mean, my goal is really just to help share and spread information as much as I can.
0: Like you're saying, you know, just to try to do my part to have a positive impact. I love that. I think you're doing a great job with it and it'll be a great inspiration to um, my listeners. And I appreciate you sharing. And of course I'll put all the links to those things on the show notes for this episode too. So it'll be very easy for everyone to connect with you. Thank you again, Charlotte. I so appreciate it. Of course. Thank you. Okay, friends, I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Now, as I promised, I've got some myths that I believe Charlotte busted, and I don't even think she knows it. So I hope that these encourage and inspire you, because I know that for many business owners, you get into it with a number of whys, right? I talk about the big why and your goals all the time on the podcast and in my social, because I believe that it matters for every equestrian entrepreneur. And at the same time, I believe that as your business grows and evolves, perhaps that you've been in it for a while and you've wanted to have a bigger why, a bigger impact that goes beyond your business, but you weren't really sure what that should look like or what steps to take. And so I think that some of these myths have maybe been keeping you from taking those steps and I'm excited to bust them for you so that you can move forward and continue to build a business that will make an impact. All right, so let's dive in. Myth number one, you have to have it all figured out ahead of time. Now, as you heard Charlotte share, she definitely did not have it all figured out. And she would say that she still doesn't, right? She's continuing to evolve and grow. But what she did do was take that brave step, get past the fear that was holding her back and really look for ways that she could bring her idea into reality. And to make decisions as she goes, right? She even talked about how she started out with one way of giving back, and then she changed that model to the model that she has now with a quarterly sponsorship, essentially, of a specific equine rescue. So you do not have to have it all figured out ahead of time. You can take messy action. And I can tell you that I shared with you about Storm Lily Ranch, and this is something that I'm continuing to learn. This year, I have taken a step of faith and opened up the opportunity for other people to join me in praying specifically over items related to Storm Lily Ranch, things like creating an advisory board and who should be on that board and what land might be used and what that would look like. And so I I will tell you, in case you're hearing me share that and you'd love to join that journey. I would love to have you on the prayer team and you can head over to stormlily.com slash ranch and jump on the prayer team. And I'm just sending monthly emails right now to keep you updated and let you know uh, what the Lord is doing in my heart, how you can be joining in prayer. So again, it's taking action, even though you don't really know what's next. Myth number two, you have to have a dramatic personal story that's related to the cause or the cause that you want to support. That is a myth, and you heard Charlotte bust that when she shared that sometimes she feels like she should have this dramatic personal story that's related to why she wanted to support equine rescues. But the fact is, your passion and your heart for the cause will be enough to bring people along the journey and to inspire them to action. And so you can see with Charlotte that instead of letting that keep her, from starting her business and from partnering with rescues. Instead, she just continues to share her passion and her heart for the cause. And that's why I was connected with her on Instagram because of that authenticity. So you do not have to have a dramatic personal story. You just need to be willing to step up and bring people along with you. All right. The final myth that I have for you is that you have to give a ton of money in order to have an impact and in order to have a meaningful impact. And the reality is, yes, your financial gifts will be a blessing, but do not discount the impact that the awareness you are bringing to the cause or to the organization that you're working with, or the time that you will be giving or that you and your team can give together. Don't discount the impact of those things, okay? So you may not, as you're starting out, have a ton of money to hand over and to give, but what you do have is going to be a blessing. And here's the cool part. As you continue to grow your business, as you continue to focus on becoming a business that has an impact and sharing that with others, I guarantee that the amount of money that you will be giving over time and the ability to be generous over time is going to grow with you. And so you're going to continue to see that impact grow as well. And I think that's so exciting. So my friends, there you have it. Three myths that may be keeping you from taking that step forward to create a business and to design a business that is making an impact. I hope that these things give you an encouragement, give you inspiration, and really help you to take that next step, whatever that looks like for your business. And I would love to hear about it. So absolutely reach out and let me know on social or shoot me an email, denise at stormlily.com, And let me know what things you're going to do this year that you've been wanting to do, that you've been inspired to do because of Charlotte and her example. And definitely go reach out to her on social and please let her know that you've been encouraged by her example as well, because she is continuing to take steps of bravery and courage. And I know that as we do that, that as others are looking and watching, that you all will be inspired to do that too. Now, one last thing I wanna make sure that you know, and I talked briefly about this, and that is that Charlotte absolutely had a goal when she set out, right? She had a goal to make an impact, but she also had a goal as an apparel company, right? To create apparel that is meeting a need for the everyday equestrian. And you all know that I'm a big fan of setting goals and keeping them front and center. And so I created a free guide to help you set goals that you will stick to year round, right? They're not just something you set and forget. So head over to stormlily.com slash goals, and you can get your free guide to setting goals for your question entrepreneurs right there. And of course, I will have a link to all of the things I have mentioned here on the show notes over at stormlily.com slash 107 for episode number 107. I'll have a link there to the Storm Lily Ranch prayer list, this goal setting guide, as well as all of the links for you to connect with Charlotte also. I'm so grateful you're here today, friends. I hope that you've been inspired and encouraged by this interview with Charlotte, and I can't wait to see you here again. Have an awesome day.